0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Trash Talk. I'm Logan Corkins, joined, of course, by my partner in crime, Austin Campbell. What's up, everybody? Rest in peace to the
1: Alliance.
0: It lasted all of three days. We're going to dive into that and a whole lot more because this is Trash Talk, the sports voice of Boss Rush Entertainment. Uh, Big week. I mean, look, we're going to be talking about the NFC South. We're going to be previewing it in our final NFL preview of the season, plus we're going to take a look at the college football season. Week one of the NCAA football season begins this weekend. It kicks off tomorrow at noon. Can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be huge. Plus, 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 we're going to dive into a little AEW, and that's where we're going to start today. We're going to start today in Chicago, Illinois. where on Friday night at AEW Rampage. CM Punk made his long awaited return last week on Rampage, Page and this was an incredible moment. If you think about it, 2014 at the Royal Rumble, CM Punk has his last match with WWE. He was taken out after he got to the final four of the Royal Rumble, was taken out by Kane and then silence. Then he popped up in UFC. Had a couple fights in the UFC. His official record in UFC is 0-1-1. I he should be 0-2. Should be straight up 0-2. Um <laughs> <laughs> but he's 01 and one Then he goes completely silent again for about five years, and we heard that, hey, he was working on something with stars. That ended up being a show that's currently airing on stars called Heels. But then he showed up on WWE backstage, and it reignited the spark with, WWE, with wrestling fans across the globe that maybe the cult of personality CM Punk would finally return to pro wrestling. Friday night at Rampage, Tony Khan, the chairman of aew really promoted this well did a great job of not giving it away but it's chicago where else could CM punk make his return came back after seven years punk had a great promo too he he cut a great promo about how you know he was in ring of honor from like 2000 uh like three to 2005 left left uh, left ring of honor in 2005 when he left that was when he felt like he left wrestling. He doesn't count his time at WWE as pro wrestling because WWE in all fairness did abuse a living crap out of him. They didn't treat a staff infection that he had. He regularly wrestled with concussions. They didn't give him the same courtesies that they've given a lot of other WWE superstars over the years, uh, like John Cena, Roman Reigns, guys like that. And yet he was pulling more money than some of those guys were. So, um Interesting revelations there, but CM Punk is back. He will face Darby All In or Darby Allen, sorry, Darby Allen at All Out next weekend. And next weekend we also have Rope Talk coming in to talk about All Out. It's going to be awesome there. But it's great to have CM Punk back. It's just good for pro wrestling. It's just awesome. Let's go over to Christian Music Punk is back. I (laughs) hate him. Go MXPX. Yes, go MXPX. Uh, let's uh let, let, let's go to the college football scene. So there was an interesting development late last week. We've talked about how the Big Twelve is losing two of their biggest heavy hitters. Oklahoma and the University of Texas have both said, hey, 2025, we're going to the SEC. The SEC's officially sent them invitations. They've officially accepted. It's a done deal. So now the rest of the conference is trying to figure out what to do. There's been rumors that have linked the Pac-12 to K-State. There's been Iowa State looking at the Big Ten to rejoin former rival Iowa. You've got Kansas kind of in the middle there, where Kansas is being rumored to go to the the ACC to make that basically the powerhouse conference for basketball. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. But the commissioners of the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC made it official Tuesday announcing an alliance between the three leagues, but they offered little, or little else in the way of concrete plans for the future. Kevin Warren, Craig Klevakov and Jim Phillips talked extensively about trustability and protecting the future of college athletics. But Tuesday's announcement didn't offer a clear path as far as scheduling, realignment, or college football playoff experience. Within these talks, there's been a lot of talks, too. The college football playoffs should go to 16 teams. I, th- you know, eight's probably the next realistic expansion, and then 16. But then there was nothing about hey, this alliance means that the Big Ten, Pac 12, ACC, we're going to include the Big 12, we're going to start doing this. Nothing was said. And then the Pac 12 came out today, or sorry, on Thursday and said, We are not going to expand, we're not looking to add any more teams or universities to our conference. And basically, just kind of tore away anything that was going on. Austin, what's your takes on the Alliance? I'm glad it
1: died because it was a terrible idea. Um, you know, had this been more of a thing where more of these schools joined together and they conclude, you know, they got with the SEC, said we want to take on the NCA. this seemed to just be, hey, you know – SEC is doing it now. We're gonna do it even better, and then realize that that's stupid. I'm pretty sure that the people at the NCAA probably was the ones that <laughs> came down and said, "Hey, you cannot do this. This is not a good idea." Um, I I'm glad that it's dead as as soon as it started. I also found it kind of weird that the Big Twelve didn't get involved, but then you know I'm this is gonna sound kind of bad but whenever it was more about uh the social justice matters was like a big part of why they were being an alliance it definitely came out as like elitist like we're not like these southern schools uh and that honestly i think rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and so i'm i'm glad this is dead it's it's really really dumb it should have never happened um, and hopefully, I, I really think that Ohio State was probably another big one in this where they're like, uh, we are going to leave and join like the SEC if this is what's going to happen, you know, I, or Clemson or any of these other big teams. Cause now they won't be able to compete on the same level as those guys, you know, the big ones. So I, yeah, this is, this is bad right at the start. I didn't think it was going to shut down like this. I really just thought it was going to pat her off. But the fact that the Pac-12 just like, nah, this was a mistake right off the bat uh, just shows how half-hearted this whole thing was.
0: It's crazy too. I mean, the big 12 has just said really nothing since the SEC said, Hey, we're going to take Oklahoma and Texas off you. It, it's like, I know I know a lot of people have questioned, okay, is, is the Big 12 going to stay a conference after this? Because really, when most of the money rev- – when most of the revenue from the conference comes from those two schools, you take those two out, your biggest draw in the conference is what? Iowa State football? Maybe Kansas basketball? There's nothing really left. And then if you have to look at a school like TCU, TCU might have to start looking at the SEC because every other yeah. Texas team is now going to be in it. Texas Tech, same way. I, what, what honestly, what I would love to see is the ACC take Kansas. I'd love to see Iowa State go up to the Big Ten. I'd like to see K State go up to the Big Ten. If the Pac-12 doesn't want anybody, that's fine. West Virginia could go to the ACC. Texas Tech and TCU both go to the SEC. And that leaves you with what Oklahoma State. They they're another SEC. Pri- and honestly, I'm shocked that Oklahoma State's not going to the SEC already as it is. Um, OSU can't compete. I'm just Oh, on. I see. OSU could. As if yeah. Mizzou. Think about this. Mizzou at the same time they. Mizzou they, they doesn't leaving, belong in SEC either. <laughs> I've been saying that for a long. time Take that back. They okay? don't. They no. don't.
1: They're not. They're not even close. TCU okay. doesn't belong there either TCU, I think should go independent honestly Because I think they could actually do well um, They attract yeah, I mean, schools. They, could, they
0: could compete against like SMU I mean Boise uh, Or yeah Boise
1: State Well no I think they, they Just go independent like Notre Dame I feel like oh, since it's a private okay. school Religious school I feel like they, they could actually be like Notre Dame And I people will schedule them
0: They're a fun right. place to play at and they're a good challenge for the uh, beginning of the season, too. Yeah. They really are. Really, really are. Uh, let's go on to college football's opening weekend. We have games on Saturday. It gets started at yeah. noon on Fox in Nebraska at Illinois. Austin, who are we taking in this first game of the college football season? I am taking Illinois. I, the Illini is,
1: like, slowly getting better and better every year. They make it very interesting. They actually play – a decent round of defense. Um, they can actually, can, they they actually give scares to big teams like Ohio state. So uh, I'm taking Illinois. This one, I don't trust anything Nebraska is doing. So.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go Illinois as well, uh, because I think when you look at it, I mean, Scott Frost really isn't doing anything at the university of Nebraska, right? Like, I don't think that that is an understatement by any means. This team is just kind of fluctuating. Like, they're going to get a surprise win throughout the season. Like, maybe they beat Michigan State by right, somehow. Maybe they upset Northwestern. Maybe they do something like that. Illinois, though, has some pretty good home field advantage. So, I'm going to take the fighting Illini uh, to kick off the season. Then UConn goes out to Fresno State. That's going to be at what o'clock on CBS Sports Network. I'm going to go UConn on that one.
1: I, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know anything about Fresno I really State. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I I've watched. I watch Connecticut. Um, they always, they always are, are. Weirdly enough, they always play like a really basic. They they run pass, run pass. It's very half and half. They don't really do either one really great, but they're kind of solid. They score 20 points. Um, yeah, I'll go Fresno State just because. <laughs> just because. But I know nothing about the Fresno State game. I've watched a little bit of Connecticut, but that's it.
0: Um, Hawaii visits UCLA. That's going to be at ESPN at 2.30. Go UCLA, baby. I think UCLA is a sleeper team in the Pac-12. I think they kick
1: it up this year. Um, I think you're going to see them compete with... Uh, I think they're going to be competing with USC, but I think USC is the favorite still for me. Uh, but I think they're going to be that second team in the in the uh, in the in the Pac-12, competing up there with like Arizona State and uh, and uh, uh, Herm Edwards uh, <laughs> and Oregon. So
0: Utah visits New Mexico State. That one's not going to be televised. I don't know anything about UTEP or New Mexico
1: State. I've watched UTEP play years ago uh, live,
0: but I know nothing about these teams.
1: So go UTEP.
0: Uh, yeah, go yeah. UTEP, baby. We're, we're going to be huge fans. Yeah. San Jose State host Southern Utah. Again, on CBS Sports Network, 9 p.m. social uh, time against Southern Utah. Another one that's like, man, there's there's nothing good. But then next week, really, we got some good games next week, man.
1: Yeah, um,
0: I mean, Boise
1: State-UCF might be entertaining. Um, UCF is kind of like the Boise State of now. Coastal Carolina is coming back, but they play Citadel, so that'll be fun to watch them beat up on. I'm kind of rooting for them. I hope they have another good year. I think Tulsa is going to have a good year again. Um, They did lose their star linebacker, but that team – was actually really good last year. They've grown. This is like the best they've ever been in a long time. Um, after that, I mean, there's a lot of just like Ohio State plays Minnesota. That will be somewhat interesting, but probably expect Ohio State to win. Uh,
0: Boise State visits UCF. That, that, that's going to be a good game to me. Yeah. yeah. It's Thursday at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Bowling Green at Tennessee, that should be eh, it it'll at least be interesting um, Yeah A lot of good stuff, that is college football For week one We'll talk about uh, some of the favorite things next week Also, uh, next week's going to be Kind of an interesting episode, because we're also going to be Talking a lot of NFL, and that's where We're going to move the show Let's go to our final NFL preview, today We're talking about the NFC South It's presented by Ray's Energy Go to repsports.com the promo code LANParty. save 15% off your order. Check out that new flavor. Get yourself some rainbow. If you want to um, feel the (laughs) the energy of a rainbow, go check it out. Repsports.com. Use the promo code Party. Last year, we had our Super Bowl champion Cub from the NFC South. It's the first time in NFL history that a team that is hosting the Super Bowl has won the Super Bowl in the same year. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took the win. Last year, though, within the division, the New Orleans Saints were actually the division leaders at 12-4. and 4. Bucks came in there at 11-5. Carolina Panthers finished in third at 5-11. And, and the Atlanta Falcons took a big slide, ended up at 4-12. and 12. Look at the offseason. It's a big one. Drew Brees retires from New Orleans. Uh, and And really, the landscape has changed. As far as what this division could be, I think this division is honestly going to be pretty crappy, with the exception of Tampa Bay. Um, maybe the Saints are a ten-win team, but like that's that's iffy. If Taysom Hill is the quarterback, or if Jameis Winston gets in there, the Buccaneers though look great, and they are the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions. You gotta love what's going on, Austin. We break down this NFC South. What stands out to you before we go into the teams? So, really, this team,
1: this whole division just seems like a lot of pretty mediocre. I don't think any of these teams are going to be, you know, dog crap bad, like Detroit or Jets or anything like that. But they're definitely just going to be pretty below average. I really, I'm most interested in Carolina, and I think they have the biggest upside. I think what they're doing is interesting, at least, I think Matt Rule- Poses some. I think they're going to be kind of like what the Arizona Cardinals are, which is good enough to, to win them, uh, get maybe get them a playoff spot in this division. I hope the Saints go for Jameis Winston. Um, you know, I I think he's gives your team the best option. I think taste keeping Taysom Hill as like a secret weapon is a better, better gives you a better chance. Um, Atlanta, I mean. I miss Arthur Smith already. It sucks that we lost him. So, um, even though our offense looks okay so far in preseason, I I love Arthur Smith. I think he did a fantastic job with us, and I think that um, he deserves his job. I hope that he has all the success in the world with it. Uh, I don't know how the defense is going to look, but I know they're going to score a lot of points. And Tampa Bay, I mean, it's just Tampa Bay. Uh, they... <laughs> Their their biggest reason why they won last year um, was their defensive line. And they drafted defensive line with their first few picks. So <laughs> they already are just getting even better in one spot. They've returned almost every one of their players. They have so many people in that front line that they can constantly switch out. As long as Tom Brady stays healthy, as long as the offensive line stays healthy, that team's going to be really good. I don't know if they're good enough to repeat. That's, like, it's a hard thing to do in the NFL. But, man, I, I'm i very interested in seeing them try, you know. I think it's going to be slogan. I think they're going to do what they did last year. I think it's not going to be pretty. It's going to look a little rough. But towards the end, when it's time to go, they're going to be one of the t- best teams.
0: It's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, you look at – um The rest of the NFL, I think the NFC as a whole is just a lot better. I think you you look at the NFC West, and it's a much stronger division, in my opinion. The NFC North has enticing pieces. The East, if Washington and Dallas are both good, the Giants could creep up there, too. I mean, I just I think there's a lot of good talent across the board. Let's Let's dive into some specifics on the teams. Let's go with the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, they finished with only four wins. They go into the draft hungry. Matt Ryan, still the quarterback. He ain't going anywhere yet. Kyle Pitts was their first draft pick. He was taken fourth overall from the University of Florida. He's a big tight end. You hear a lot of comparisons to George Kittle, to Travis Kelsey, as they should. This kid is absolutely a powerhouse. I think he's going to bring a lot of stability for Matt Ryan as far as the short passing game is concerned. But then, two, he's really proven himself as a great run blocker as well. So you look at how can Atlanta get back into the offense that they want to be in they have to have a strong run game and that that happens if you have a solid offensive line they also got Jalen Mayfield in the third round he's another offensive lineman from the University of Michigan who's really gonna be able to help take that up Drew Dahlman in the fourth round center out of Stanford again helping that offensive line Frank Darby wide receiver out of Arizona State he was taking the sixth round a lot of people like him strictly for the coach that he served under that is Herm Edwards Arizona State has a great offense that's built for NFL-ready players. Frank Darby could be that. The issue was they didn't have a speed that a lot of play that a lot of teams were looking for. He didn't have the ball awareness that a lot of people were looking for. If Atlanta can figure out a way to turn him on, I think that you have a really good chance um, to, to to really have like an okay offense this year. I mean, like Matt Ryan's towards the end. Austin, how long do you think Matt Ryan still has in the league? Oh, he's got a few years.
1: He's definitely going to be he, – he's going to be just fine. I I love Matt Ryan. I think he's kind of in that Matthew Stafford deal where he's just in a really rough spot. He's not the best, but he's definitely fulfills the role. Um, I think that they're going to have no problem scoring points. I think he's going to be just fine. I don't think he's falling in the ways of like Joe Flacco or anything like that. So I definitely I definitely see him being – just fine. uh I it's will horse- say Mike Davis is the running back. They got him from North Carolina. He played the backup spot for McCaffrey last year, and that dude's great. I like seriously, he is the guy in fantasy that I think you want. I think you want him. So.
0: They did get Cordell Patterson, wide receiver, uh and as well and uh, Jaron Harmon. I think. Look, I think Atlanta could be. Four win team, but they also have the potential to be. Really think about Atlanta's season last year, right? Mm-hmm. So many of their games came down to you know they they they'd come out with a big lead, and then the defense would just completely give it up. Yeah, uh, we saw it against Chicago. We saw it against Tampa Bay. There's so many games last year that Atlanta was in, but couldn't close the deal. If they can figure that out this year, they got a really good chance to do something yeah. better.
1: They have no problems on offense. Their offense no. is 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 great. Their offensive line's not the best, but it's good enough. They got a great wide receiver core. Ridley and Gage are are there. And they have the best kicker in the league. Uh, you know, Absolutely. they've got all the things that they need. It's just that defense is is pretty terrible. With Arthur Smith being an offensive guy, I don't know how much better it's gonna be, but hopefully they were able to pick up some some key pieces to help him
0: i think one of the interesting parts to atlanta and this is a thing that's not talked about enough and i really think he deserves more credit than he gets matt ryan even though he's a pocket passer has a great way of avoiding the hit or at least trying to save off the hit as long as he can um it's a very underrated quality him and matt stafford like look at those two guys not just because they have the same first name they have a lot of similarities in that respect of like they can avoid the pressure and try to keep the play going as long as you can. you are seeing the new age of quarterbacks, the Patrick Mahons, the Lamar Jacksons, who can do that with their feet and run around to do all these crazy things. Stafford and Ryan are both the pocket passers who just do it just by oh, a quick duck over here, then throw. Just those little things that really make a quarterback have that long term um, ability that, that Ryan and Stafford are both at. Let's go to. Carolina the Panthers finished with five wins last year finished third in the division they went kind of like all over the place in this draft they've got uh JC Moore or JC Horn cornerback out of South Carolina their secondary was trash last year uh if you had a deep attack you were going to score on the Carolina Panthers last year so they get a little bit of insurance there Terrence Marshall wide receiver out of LSU comes over in the second round And he got to Tom or Tommy Tremble, tight end out of Notre Dame. He's a big boy who fell badly in the draft last year. He should have been a second round pick. Um, whatever reason fell though, and, and, and Carolina rightfully picked him up. Defensive tackle De- Davion Nixon out of Iowa. Let me tell you about this kid. For a defensive tackle to have as much speed as Nixon's had is incredible. Uh, the, the the big thing coming out of camp, and I, I was listening to SiriusXM this morning and listening to Carolina uh, Sports Radio. They have been absolutely enthralled by how quick he is off the ball, how great he is at, at, at identifying where he needs to be to be able to beat the offensive lineman. Really great uh, player there. Devo- or uh, She Smith, why do out of South Carolina? Another just awesome weapon And a Thomas Fletcher long snapper out of Alabama it was a weird pick. but I get it. I get it. I, just, I saw some footage of that kid. What do you think of a, a Carolina going forward?
1: Man, I want Carolina to be good. I want them to succeed. I want Darnold to be able to do something now that he has an actual team. I like their offense going. I like what Matt Rule's doing. They had some great steps forward just in the first year. They played a lot more closer games. I think they're going to be interesting. I still have big questions on this defense. I think the rushing game might be okay. Uh, but the linebacking core and other than Keekley, who may or may not be injured, and then the whole secondary is pretty rough. Um, Honestly, just like with the rest of these NFC South teams, outside of, well, I really just say the same thing for just Atlanta, that they're just going to have to win in shootouts. Uh, Is Darnold going to be that quarterback? I don't know. This is the time to figure out if he is that guy or not. Uh, They really don't have a backup, so uh, I think Will Greer is still their backup, and I don't think he's going to be... Uh, much competition. So this is Zaro's chance to prove that he deserved to be picked that high. Uh, and then it was really just the Jets' fault, which I think it was. I mean, you know, Adam Gase uh, is all you really need to know about his time there. Um, I want to see this team succeed. I think they're the, my sleeper hit. I think they're going to be the ones that kind of sneak up. Uh, they were 5-11 and 11 last year. I really could see this team going 9-8. and eight. Uh, At the best, but I don't think you're going to see much better than that. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they are going to be in the middle there.
0: It'll be interesting, too, to see Sam Darnold with a a coach that really actually understands his gameplay. Like, Panthers made it clear they wanted Darnold in the offseason. They got him. This is Matt Rule's chance to prove, hey, this is my guy, and this is what we can do with the offense i designed. I, I think I think Carolina's full of possibility. I think they're going to surprise a couple people. Like if if they swept the Buccaneers this year, wouldn't totally shock me. They have the potential. They could eat, they could do. Let's talk about Tampa Bay. You think the rainings,
1: Carolina would sweep the Buccaneers? I don't think they
0: will. I don't think they will, but they could because they play they play no. them once really early in the season. I think they play them like what week three? No,
1: no. All right,
0: you're God. high. You're high. I you might be, man. I'm willing to bet a
1: lot of money that they might not even win one game.
0: One game against the Panthers? Bet. Okay, here's 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 the bet we're going to make. We have a fantasy football draft this weekend. Okay. You know I'm probably going to take a quarterback fairly early on. If Carolina doesn't beat the Buccaneers by the time our playoffs come up, I have to give you my starting quarterback. <laughs> Um, okay. you know who I'm probably gonna get, and you know, come playoff time, you. But probably what if you won. don't? What if you don't? I have a knack for getting good quarterbacks, man. It's only a, if, you know, it's uh, a it's a ten team league. There's gonna be plenty of good quarterbacks.
1: I'm just saying that you know I've I, there's a lot of Mahomes people in the group already. You know, because I, I assume this. What if I take like, him in
0: the first round? I mean. That that's on you, dude. I I don't know. I'm not. See, you can totally see me, but okay. Odds are, I'm gonna get at least a top ten quarterback, right? That's a top ten quarterback. Let's say yours gets injured. Granted, you may not even make the playoffs because I mean, I remember last year. <laughs> yeah. He's thinking about was... this. He's thinking. Yeah, we'll get back on this. While he's doing that, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again. Winning the Super Bowl is a huge thing. Tampa Bay hadn't seen one since, oh, yeah, Tony yeah, Tony Dungy did it for him back in, like, 03. It's Super Bowl Tom Brady, of course, the hero of all heroes. But Bruce Arians gets a lot of the credit, too. Great coach who really kind of helped turn this team around. The second half of the season, they were unstoppable going into the playoffs. They were even better. Obviously, they won the whole thing, so damn, they were pretty good. But then more importantly, they shut a really great offense up in the Super Bowl. They shut Patrick Mahomes completely down. They made even his superstar-level power be, become flawed, and, and they really exposed some of the weaknesses of the Chiefs. You look at the offseason that they had, they didn't make any coaching changes. They ain't broke. Don't fix it. Absolutely, free agency. They didn't do a ton either. Um, they did get Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, both awesome offensive linemen who should be able to buy Brady a little bit of time. You look at the uh, draft class for him. They had Joe Tryon or Tyron from uh, Washington outside linebacker. They did get Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida. If I can talk today, Robert Hainsey tackle of tackle and Notre Dame, and KG Britt, the linebacker out of Auburn little defensive heavy in this draft, but they still get a quarterback that they might be able to turn into a new franchise guy. If this is in fact Brady's last year, there's a lot of speculation across the league that Brady and Gronk might ride out into the sunset this year. Austin, do you buy that this is Tom Brady's last season?
1: I will never ever say that is Tom Brady's last season. Cause I never wanted to be Tom Brady's last season. I hope Tom Brady plays until he's 60 years old um you know i hope he goes out basically just in a casket at this point like i want him to play until he dies i would love it i'd love to see him win super bowls in a wheelchair like kenny kawaguchi but i you know how long can this last how long can it last i don't know if they win again Odds are, like me, I'd be like, dude, you just won two Super Bowls to end your career. Sounds like a great time to leave. But he may say, hey, I still have more in me. He definitely wants to play till he's at least 45. He's made that clear. And so I feel like until he gets really injured, which we, we heard that he was technically injured last year. If that happens this year, I think he does. I think he does hang it up. Um, and uh he will be able to do anything else he wants after that pretty much. But I don't, I don't buy this as his last year until I see something bad go on or he finally is just like, you know what? I can't win anymore. Um, he's already got the infinity gauntlet of Super Bowl rings plus one. What else can he possibly do? Go for two infinity gauntlets. I mean, I don't know if that's even possible. So, um, this this team's gonna be really good though. They brought everyone That's back. Terrible. Um, they're just gonna grow um Bruce Arians. They're not gonna have that weird phase where it's like, Is this Tom's team? Is it Bruce Arians team? You know, kind of thing. It's just like let them do what they do. Todd Bowles' defense is great. They find ways to shut people down. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be good for them. I think they're the easy pick for the division.
0: Um
1: I just Absolutely. don't know how
0: well it's all going to go in the playoffs. All right, let's go to the division winners last year. That is the New Orleans Saints. This is a team that got gutted coaching-wise. Let's talk about this. Saints lost Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, as well as Joe Lombardi and Michael Wilhoy to two different teams. The Detroit Lions took Glenn and Campbell. Obviously, Dan Campbell is the new head coach. And then Lombardi and Wilhoy both went to the L.A. Chargers. The replacements are Ron Curry. Ann Rousher, Ryan Nielsen, and Chris Richard. Then you look at free agency. (laughs) I don't think there was anybody who had a worse cap situation going into free agency quite like New Orleans Saints. There were $70 million in the hole. So they restructured a bunch of guys. They figured out ways to to, to make some cuts. They really didn't get a lot. They really didn't get a lot. Um, They did lose Emmanuel Sanders, Generous Jenkins, Quan Alexander, Trey Hendrickson, Malcolm Brown, Sheldon Rankins, and Jared Cook. Drew Brees retired, of course. There really wasn't anything, though, that they picked up. And they really, you look at the draft, too. The draft wasn't great either. Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston, was their uh, number one overall pick in the first round. Pete Warner, linebacker out of Ohio State. In the second round, Ian Book was the quarterback out of Notre Dame, but they took him in the fourth. And then Landon Young, off to tackle out of Kentucky, was their sixth-round pick. Austin is it going to be a little bit of a harder time to be a Saints fan this season? It's always going to be hard,
1: considering you just lost your franchise quarterback, the guy that has been the face of your team for um, so long. Um, and and honestly, just a good man in general. Every, I mean, there are several football players that you could look it up on youtube talking about drew Brees, and they'll literally break down and cry just how much they that they meant to him you can't tell me that this isn't the same way i mean we've already heard rumors about like mike thomas and sean payton not getting along Uh, sean payton you know i i have no doubt that he is a great coach you know he really helped this team be as good as it was it wasn't like It's not like, to me, it's never been, you know, like, a lot of people are like, is it Belichick? Is it Brady? It's always been to me that Sean Payton, Drew Brees is talented, but Sean Payton is the guy that's really putting this offense together. Um, And I don't know if it's going to be the same way. I think think their defense is going to be fine. I mean, clearly, they've overpaid for it, so it's going to be at least decent. Um, But I just, you got a lot of questions. I think you got to make that decision quick. I think Jameis Winston is the obvious choice from what I've seen. Um, yeah, I. it's going to be hard being a Saints fan. I don't think it's going to be great. I don't think you're – for years it's been guaranteed the Saints are going to be in the playoffs. It's not the case anymore. So, um,
0: yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to pick the NFC South. Let's go. Number four, who we got? So number four, I'm gonna say Atlanta.
1: Um, I think I think they're gonna get. I think they'll be. I think it'll be a five six win team. I think a lot. Of, I think almost all of them are gonna be five six seven eighteen wins. Um, I just I don't see it. I don't see the defense holding up anymore. If if they can if they can get that defense to just stop one less touchdown per game. That's like three or four plus wins for them. So, uh, if they can do that, we'll see. But I'm not too sure about it right now.
0: So I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I like what they're going to what they're doing. They're still in a rebuild mode. So this is one more year of the rebuild. Next year, we start to see some serious wins. Uh, number three. Uh, number three. I'm going to have. <sighs>
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna take New Orleans. I think I think New Orleans is gonna struggle this year. I think they're gonna be fine. Um, the only reason why I have a number three is because I'm taking a risk on my number two. so um, uh, but i I think this team gonna be pretty mediocre for the most part. I think they're gonna score points and they're gonna stop people. I just I don't don't see any wow factor coming from them now, and I think they've lost a little bit of leadership with Drew has gone.
0: Yeah, I really debated putting New Orleans at four, but I'm going to put him at three as well. I, You know, I think Sean Payton's at a really interesting point in his career. He doesn't have his piece that's really made his offense spark, you know, over the last decade in Drew Brees. And I think a lot of coaches struggle with that in the first year in particular. And you're trying to get that game plan together of what's the future look like. You know, uh, we saw Belichick, you know, try it with Cam last year. Really didn't fall. So Now he's got Mac Jones. Okay, year two of Belichick without Brady, I think it's going to go a lot better than year one did. So this is the first year for uh, for uh, Peyton without Breeze, and I think that, I think it just plays a factor. Number two, two. I'm going to take Carolina. I think I think
1: this is their jump year. I think they could actually be like the Chargers. I think uh, I think the Chargers are going to make a big jump. I think Carolina might make that big jump. I'm taking just a real risk here thinking Sam Darnold will actually show uh, what he was drafted for and that Matt Rule will really be able to have that offense going the way it is. I like that Christian McCaffrey's back. Uh, I think Chupa Hubbard's going to be a great backup to have there on the running game. Um, questions on defense, but I think there's less questions on their defense than Atlanta, so I have them at number two.
0: I have... Yeah, I have Atlanta number two there, too. I, I, I debate this kind of in my head. Like, do I want to put Tampa Bay at number one? Do I want to put them at number two? I, like you said, you know, Atlanta is a team that could be like the Chargers. They could be that team that's on the cusp of winning the division again, but maybe just falter in the last, like, two or three weeks. I like a lot of Atlanta. If they can just get the defense together, it's, it's going to be better. So, number one, who we got?
1: Number one, I have Tampa Bay. I think this is going to be by far the... I think this is the lock for any division for me. I think this... Guaranteed they will win this division. Yeah, this is the only... It would take a Tom Brady injury for me to be not shocked. If Tom Brady gets injured, then they kind of lose their way. I won't be as shocked. but if Tom Brady's healthy, I'd be completely shocked if they didn't win this division.
0: I don't think that there's any team that you can say can't come on in the clutch. I mean, uh, I mean, I or, sorry. I have a word of that. Partly. I don't think there's a team. You would rather have the clutch than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just going to find ways to win. I love Bruce Arians in this, t- in this organization. Um, I really think they have a great thing going forward. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our NFL preview. And that wraps up the entire thing next week on the show. We have that week off in between where the NFL season starts. So next week, we're going to be predicting Super Bowl MVP or Super Bowl. We're going to be predicting rookie of the year. We're going to be predicting coach of the year, MVP. Who do we want to see in the playoffs? We're going to be doing all that. And that's coming up on a brand new episode of Trash Talk next Friday here, wherever you get your podcast. Next up, let's go to random ranking. It's college football, people. We got to talk about college football Specifically, we gotta talk about the stadium. So, Austin, what I want today is your top five NCAA stadiums. So, hmm, I really
1: had to think about this in a way that was unique to me. I've only been in one college football, well, two college football stadiums, but I'm not gonna put Tulsa on my list because uh, it's pretty much just a. Honestly, we have a high school, <laughs> a high school stadium that's bigger than the Tulsa College Football Stadium.
0: We have several high school. Let's just be Let's just be honest. I'm shocked Tulsa's actually Division One.
1: Um, I'm not because it's a pretty it, like Tulsa is a like prestigious school. Like it, it's so expensive. It is like so expensive to go there. It's not even funny like (laughs) it's like a it's a really expensive school i don't know why uh but it's uh it's got its people in there but you know i so i'm gonna go based off basically i'm gonna put ou at number five because it's a great stadium um it's you know my favorite team um but i'm gonna base the other four basically what i've seen on tv uh are we going back and forth are we doing all at once
0: Sorry, I had myself on mute for a second. Um, pledge should do a five. Give me mean, all five. Okay. Tell me some
1: stories. So, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have OU at five. Um, you know I I love it there. I think it's you know it's a good stadium. It's not the best. It's definitely small. I really wish that they would kind of make a bigger stadium for them. I think they deserve a bigger stadium. Uh, they still have one of those one of the ends is not like fully encircled. So I feel like there could be more more people in there, it could be louder. It could be a tougher place to play. And I think I'm hoping that with this move to the SEC that they actually try to build themselves a bigger stadium, but we'll see. Um number 4, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to put Boise State in there for having the Blue Field. I mean, come on. It's so cool to watch on TV. Like I'm mesmerized just by the blue field. All of a sudden, it's it's really cool. I just, I it's, really... it's, it's eye popping for sure. So I have it at number four. Also, it's not on my list, but shout out to Eastern Washington. Uh, they did the red field, uh, which I think they're Division Two. But yeah, they did a red field for one season. Uh, maybe maybe they still do it. I don't know, but they tried. It doesn't look as good as the blue stadium at Boise State, but uh, I'm pretty sure they 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 picked up their views. Like ESPN's, like yeah, we'll put you on just because you have a red stadium. So they got some eyes just for for that <laughs> little shtick they had. Um, number three, and I hate to say this, um, well, you know what? Screw them. I'm not putting Texas on here. Screw them. You know, screw. Them. I don't. I don't even like Texas. Number three, I'm gonna put the Coliseum, uh, USC, uh, just because the outside's freaking cool. I really like it. I just, you know, it's the Coliseum. You know, what what other way can you do? Um, number two, I'm gonna put Penn State. I, I always love their field. It's huge. It's like, man, how can you make Penn State is one of the most boring, good football stadiums, <laughs> good football teams. Like, their uniforms are the most basic of all time. It's just white with the blue stripe down the middle. It's navy and white all throughout the field, but it just is eye-popping. And maybe that's because they play a lot of games at night. Maybe that's why, but I, I really like it on there. And number one, and this might sound a little sketchy because – um it's in tennessee but i think the tennessee volunteers is my favorite stadium that orange and white man it pops off Mm -hmm. the screen and the fact that they color code their shirts to where they have the checker flag throughout the stadium that's that's pretty incredible it's pretty incredible i i so it's so good to watch on tv uh i wish tennessee was better (laughs) <laughs> was a better football team because that stadium deserves a lot better for a stadium, but it's, 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 it's great, I, I love watching that uh, stadium on TV. So.
0: It is pretty awesome. Um, My number f- uh, so, so my five, I'm going to start off with Furrow field hall of the Missouri Tigers. M I Z Z O U. It's just so many memories of that stadium. Um, I've seen Florida play there. I've, I've, I've been to so many Mizzou games, but also that was where I had a mascot camp one time. And so getting to walk on that field in my mascot character was really, really cool. Um, I've gotten to cheer there as well. And it's it's a really just great stadium. I love the uh, general admission seating you can get on the hill. I think it's a really cool atmosphere. I was also there for probably the most important game of the last like 20 years when Mizzou hosted the then-ranked number one Oklahoma Sooners. And Mizzou pulled the upset. That was absolutely insane. Um, one of, the, one of the, just the best games there. Number four for me is, the, is Michigan Stadium, home of the Wolverines. That stadium is where time-honored traditions just meet with, some, with one of the best overall schools and, pr- and proud traditions in college football. You can't go wrong with Michigan. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the LSU Tiger Stadium. Tiger Stadium. I mean, you think college football, you think of these big glory stadiums. This is a stadium that beats a lot of NFL stadiums. It's just such a masterpiece and a wonderment. The experience is just unlike any other. Number two, got to give up to the Ohio Stadium in, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Again, you talk about long-time honor and tradition. You think of Ohio State, you think of Michigan, you think of LSU. These three are just three beautiful, beautiful stadiums. I also love that the NHL comes here and does a big game every year as well. Um, this is a very versatile stadium but I love it the power, the tradition and all that but my number one stadium is actually in a little place called Lincoln, Nebraska home of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, of course I'm talking Memorial Field, I have been to so many games between Iowa and Nebraska it's a college, it's a yearly tradition for me and a couple of my college friends where we go up to either the University of Iowa or the University of Nebraska but the first year that we did it, we did it uh, we went to Memorial Stadium. It was the day after Thanksgiving. It was Black Friday. Uh, we had to stay in town because cheerleading, we had an event uh, that Saturday, so we had we didn't get to go home for Thanksgiving. I have never heard people yell, shout, and cheer the way I've heard at Memorial Stadium. It's like, Nebraska, you're freaking crazy, and I love it. Like Y'all are a bunch of nut bags and, and hicks and all that stuff, but when it comes to college football, there is a... Respect, there's an honor, there's a tradition in Nebraska, especially in Lincoln, Nebraska, that I've just never seen anywhere else. And, and, and Memorial Stadium is a very, very special place. If you ever get a chance to make a pilgrimage to Memorial Stadium, I highly recommend you do it because it's an experience you will never forget. God forbid you ever find yourself in Nebraska. Nobody just goes to Nebraska. Like, yeah. no one. No one. Uh, Nor should should you. Nor should you ever seek it out, unless you're going to the Omaha Zoo or you're going to Lincoln uh, for the stadium. That's that's what you got, people. That's what you got, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna wrap the show up. It's time for winners and losers. Each week, we pick people who rock and people who suck. (laughs) Winners go first because that's how the world works. Austin, who is your winner this week? My winner is,
1: uh, you know, Fox Sports. Because at least they're not the loser this week.
0: <laughs> fair. Uh, fair. Very, very fair. Uh, my winner this week. Who we don't want to make my winner this week? Oh, you know what? We didn't get to talk about this. Or we should have a couple weeks ago. But, we, you know, we took last week off. Which, thank you all for being patient. Planet Comic Con was awesome. Uh, I took our social media feed. Uh, Nick and I had a wonderful time together. I didn't actually go to Planet Comic Con. I had to work. But. You know, Nick had a great time. A loser, I took, I did take it. We we are going to tell a little Nick story here for a second. I took him to a Japanese barbecue restaurant. Um, it was me, him, Matt, Matt's little brother, and who was the guy that we met at Target when I was in town? Was oh like, Blake. Yeah, Blake. Yeah, Blake. So we're all sitting there and, and this is one of those places where you have to cook the meat yourself. Matt is so hesitant to put anything on the grill because he's like, well, what if I don't cook it enough? Like, what if it's raw? Matt like burned his like four, first, like three pieces of meat because he was too scared to try it and mess it up. It was it was good times. Uh, also shout out to our waitress. She was the best I think I've had in a really long time. Really said a goodbye for the trip. Anywho, what was this saying? Oh yeah, we took last we took last week off for playing a cup. The week before that, though, I gotta give a shout, shout out to the MLB for the Field of Dreams game. The game itself oh, yeah. was incredible. White Sox versus Yankees goes into the ninth inning with uh, the game tied. Yankees try to make every last ditch effort that they could to win. But the White Sox win in walk off fashion. But before the game started, you had Kevin Posner come out of the right field wall through the corn. It's just, he does, like, the most stoic walk I've ever seen out of anyone. He walks through, and he looks back to right field, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the White Sox and Yankees players come through. It was a really spectacular moment. It was very, very, very well done. Way to go, MLB. Shout out to the Reds and Cubs, who will have the Field of Dreams games next season. Got to love what MLB's doing, man. Loser this week. Austin, I know you got a big one.
1: ESPN sucks. I'm so... <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Gone are the days. And, you know... You know those that, that time where people are like, oh, you know, you'll always think that your version of the kids' movies are better. Like, people are like, oh, you only like Space Jam because you were a kid when you watched it. And and now the kids of today are gonna like Space Jam too. I I disagree, but I'm willing to take that argument. I think it's a decent argument. ESPN is not the same, man. I I have never I miss the days of you know when Around the Horn was great, and and PTI is still great. But you know when PTI was was still kicking and Sports Nation. I miss Ryan Russillo and Bill Simmons and Colin Coward and Dan LeBittard and all these people. And now they're just all gone. And today, you know, or what was this, two days ago, Rachel Nichols is gone. Now, oh, you know well, a lot of you are thinking, Austin, she's racist, uh, whatever. I <laughs> I don't think she is. I think, I think she was right to be a little nervous for her job. I mean... <sighs> I think for a woman to be like the way that she had to work just to get into the man's world and then have that job and do a great job for this. I don't think anyone's ever complained that Rachel Nichols sucks. Uh, And then just for it to be like, now it's like, she's a little worried that, Hey, maybe her it's like toy story, man. It's like toy story. You know, it's like, you know, Woody was the new toy, and now Maria Taylor's Buzz, and she's a little jealous. She's like, man, they just really like her, and then he's going to – now they're going to take her – maybe she'll take my spot. But Rachel Nichols never pushed Maria Taylor out the window. You know, she was never did a Woody on Buzz. You know, she was just talking about it. And now – and then that became a racist thing. I'm so sick of just, like, cancel culture. And I may sound like an old man, okay? I don't really – Care for that term either, because I think like comedians, I think people use it to be lazy. It's like, oh, you know, we can't make racist jokes anymore. No, you just got to be funny. Like you just, you just literally have to be funny. That's all you have to do. You have to be like tasteful. You have to be creative. You know, no one's. You can't get away with cheap, racist jokes anymore or sexist jokes anymore. You can't do that anymore. But you can, you can still be creative and do stuff. And with ESPN, it's like. All right, she caused a fuss. We can't have that. So now, your your whole, all your shows are boring. No one has any like personality. It's all dry. Uh, everyone pretty much sounds the same anymore, except for Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, because they're old and they know that if they ever took them off, the ratings would go blah. And then Stephen A. Smith, you know the meme, the meme king, the meme lord. Uh, You can't get rid of him because, like, you know, that's it. You know, they got rid of Max Kellerman because, you know, I I don't know why they got rid of him. And maybe Rachel Nichols had some other stuff that no one talked about. Maybe she really was a racist. Maybe she's a white supremacist. Who knew? You know, I didn't think she would be, but it's possible. But this whole thing where everyone on Twitter is just coming after people because they made one mistake. And not even a mistake. just they voiced an opinion that was in private, I think is just dumb. stupid and I'm so sick of ESPN, and I'm glad that they're tanking. I'm glad that ESPN is failing because I'm so I'm so over it. ESPN sucks. Maybe uh, they'll lose college football, and uh, that's pretty much all they have because they have, I guess they had the Monday night game. Uh, maybe that'll go away. And then, I guess they have NBA. I mean, they got the sports. It's just, everything sucks. All the shows suck. They're terrible. Awful. If, if,
0: if you go back to the days, you know, one of the reasons people loved ESPN was the personalities. The Mike yeah. and Mike in the morning. Like, like, like looking at what Mike Green is now to what he used to. Be. I can't stand Mike Greenberg. I think he's one of the worst person. I think he's dangerous to sports in the simple fact of, He's an ignorant tool. Um, Mike Golick was one of the nicest, just most genuinely awesome people. His son's a good voice, but man, there's just nobody on ESPN that I gravitate towards.
1: Yeah. I mean... Around the Horn is, like, terrible now.
0: It yeah. is so I mean,
1: bad. Tony reality half the time they're not even trying. They're not even arguing about sports anymore. They're just, like, giving each other blowjobs on their social yeah. issues. I'm like, get... Why I'm not watching CNN, okay? If I wanted to watch this, I'd watch CNN. I watch Fox News. I don't want to see you all give each other blowjobs about yeah. your political opinions.
0: Yeah, give I, I miss I missed the days when I tuned because Around the Horn was the show that I grew up loving. I missed the days when Woody Page you just you you looked for his background image. What's he got on the chalkboard today? Yeah. Tim Kalishaw. what's he gonna ride Woody on for this today? Uh, Bill Plaster. And not Jackie what, Mac. Is retired. Jackie oh, Back. I don't care about Mack. the running. I'm sorry, but Pablo Torres is a joke of a personality. I don't like him. I've never liked him. Um uh, Kevin Blackstone just goes or Kevin Blackstone's cool. Um who's the other dude? Um uh, J
1: A Donde is no. pretty boring.
0: Yeah, Israel he's boring is pretty but... boring.
1: Um you know, I won't say what I really think about Israel, but
0: uh <laughs> um, you know Israel's whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, there was a time like Round the Horn was like rating-wise, it overtook PTI for a little bit, and that was because Tony was running a great show. And it wasn't yeah. about oh, we, we gotta have these guys pop off a 3D wall. Like no, I mean, yeah, the production's gone up, and that's cool. But like ESPN, and really like I, I go back to the days too. Like even SportsCenter, like you tuned into SportsCenter because you want to watch Stuart Scott do the news yeah. in a way nobody else would do it. There was a personality. Heck, John Anderson, same way. John Anderson for a basic white dude was entertaining as hell. Um, You tuned in for that. You tuned in for Adam Schefter was just coming up. And he was that GOAT. He was that great guy. But then you also saw um, uh, Chris Mortensen in his prime. There were these personalities. There were these people. Heck, I had personality. I had ESPN anchors on my wall as a kid. That's just something we don't have any these days. I do think... You know, as you were talking about cancel culture, cancel culture is such a dangerous thing because people there is a mission that I think every single one of us as human beings is called to do. And I'm not going to preach, but just to say we're, 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 we're taught to forgive. We are we're meant to forgive each other. We're not meant to act in hate and to act in violence all the time. Learn to forgive. But more importantly, learn how to forgive yourself too. forget your past, learn from it, grow from it and move on. There's just there's no way to do that
1: anymore. It's like you messed up. Now your your life, life is, is over. over.
0: You can't do anything. You know yeah. there's so many great people that have been canceled. It's yeah. like who the frick cares? And who are you to I, decide? Yeah. I mean Sports
1: Center still has the stuff. I think, you know, Kevin Agande and uh Sage Steele are pretty good. Scott Van Pelt's on, but he's like way late. You know, it's just of course and, um, and maybe, I don't know who this, who even ESPN appeases to, because I feel like most people watching ESPN are really just big sports heads or they're older people, because, I mean, how much SportsCenter have you watched?
0: See, I, don't watch that. I, I will watch NFL Live when it comes back, because I think that is the best. No, but like how much up. like
1: actual ESPN shows, not like the pre-shows but just like yeah. esp like sports center and um radio shows they have on now it's
0: it, really it's know. almost like it's like
1: i mean it's for older people and you know i i'm a fan of the fox sports and and honestly i really only watch because of colin but i also like uh you know i like uh not, I do. I don't like Skip Bayless. Not, I don't like Skip. Skip, Skip should go back Skip's to ESPN. Trash. Uh, but, uh, uh, man, I cannot remember the show. But Marcellus Wiley, um, uh, is on it. Uh, I like that show and show. And then, uh, you know, they have, you know, whatever. But then, like, outside of that, it's it's kind of like the video game world where no one cares really what. Who works at IGN as much as they used to? They <laughs> care about whatever. Yeah, two they're, two there person. you go again, man. You know, it's, you know, that's why, like, I like The Ringer. So I get to see Rusillo and and Bill Simmons. And then I can go to, if I want baseball news, like, I, for baseball, I just listen to the MLB today because I only want. Facts. I only want the quick 30 40 minutes. There. I'm not deep into baseball. I don't need a three hour podcast about baseball.
0: Okay. So I will listen to Dan Lebetar, but it's too long. I'm going to direct you to John Boy Media. John Boy Media feels a lot like the old ESPN in a sense of like, okay, so like they have Talking Baseball that's on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Mondays and Fridays are the recap preview shows, right? Uh, free Trevor Plouf. As a former player, is one of the most entertaining players I've ever heard. But then you have Jimmy and um, uh, Jake. Jimmy is a baseball expert; like the dude just knows analysis better than anybody. But then Jake is kind of like that shot in the dark; like he's gonna hit you with some good stuff. They have also got uh, it, it, the show I'd recommend to you, Austin. I think the one I think you'll really like is the Chris Rose rotation. I think Tuesdays and Thursdays it's uh, Chris and Trevor. But Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, he has a guest player on. And he really dives deep into some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Like today, he was talking to uh, – or yesterday, sorry. He was talking to one of the Giants players about how Chris Bryant coming over. Like, dude, what did this mean to the locker room? And and Chris Rose, I think, is a phenomenal personality as well. Um, just a great baseball man. Check out John Boy Media, people. Check it out. Maybe. You guys are awesome. We love it. Check them out, dude. I, I will
1: say that it's – like I like the everyday – Give me the scores, give me the stats, give me a little bit, 30 minutes in and out. I don't – anything other than that, I, I'm not that big into baseball. Football, yes. Basketball, yes. Baseball, no.
0: That's true. Ladies and gentlemen, next uh, Monday – or, sorry, Monday, I guess I should say, be sure to catch a brand-new season of q we got to give a huge shout-out for a second before we talk about this to Corey Deering and the man – Sitting with me here in this chat. Austin Campbell. These two absolutely killed it on Q-List and the Mighty Ducks. It was a four-episode run of Q-List. If you haven't checked it out, it's available wherever you podcast Just search Boss Rush Entertainment. You guys killed it to the point where it is the highest downloaded weekly series in Boss Rush and Land Party history. So, way to go, guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, check it out if you're a big uh, Mighty Ducks person. Uh, we do do the show. Uh, but we mostly get into like <laughs> anything else other than. It's the not show. Really The show a show's fine. Ducks. <laughs> we really got into rules of engagement. We no, I mean the first three episodes we we were full on on Mighty Ducks, but uh, that fourth episode, it's, yeah, you're definitely getting uh, you're getting more of like we talked about rules of engagement. I tried to sell him on on Brooklyn Nine Nine because that's your next series, and so it's a lot of that going on. Talked about the OC. He's trying to sell me on the OC. I said, "This is not gonna happen, dude. I'm just telling you, no." We talked about Gilmore Girls because Gilmore Girls is a great show. So, you know,
0: go check it out. Yeah. Uh, ladies gentleman gentlemen. Uh, so Monday, brand new season of Culus. Josh and I are back together as best friends kid only do because we are in Brooklyn to talk about the Nine Nine, Brooklyn Nine Nine. We talked about season one. Uh, Great season. We're going to talk about season two the next week. Wednesday, you may or may not get a new episode of Land Party. We're we're debating that one right now. Uh, Land Party should be back, but there's a chance we don't get a chance to record it. So, uh, check our social media, Boss Rush Entertainment on on Twitter, or Boss Rush ENT on Twitter. Check that next week. We'll be back with Trash Doc. Brand new episode. Like We're going to talk about the NFL predictions for the whole year. Talk about college football. Uh, I'm sure... Baseball will be a topic of conversation. And if uh, Logan Paul gets into an absolute mess of himself this weekend, we'll probably talk about that too. So all that good stuff next week. Trash Talk for Austin Campbell. I'm Logan it's, it's been a pleasure to be on the show. Peace out, y'all. Later.